The flight deck is made possible by the generous donors supporting the Museum of Flight. You can support this podcast and the Museum of Flight's other initiatives across the United States and the world by visiting museumofflight.org slash podcast. Hello and welcome to The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. I am your host, Sean Mobley. On today's episode, I sat down with Tommy Gantz, a docent and member of the museum's future leaders team. Since joining the docent corps a few years ago, she quickly became one of the museum's experts on space, especially on what's going on today at the International Space Station. She and I chatted on what it will take for human bodies to survive a trip to the final frontier. When I started here at the museum, my original interest was in vintage aircraft because I go to the Reno Air Races every year. But as I have progressed in my training here at the museum, I've discovered that I'm really interested in the International Space Station and space travel. So would you like to go to space? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'll pass. I might go up on, you know, uh, uh, one of those quick five-minute trips, but I don't think I'd want to do anything extensive. What happens when a person does go to space? I know you spent a lot of time looking at kind of the physiological changes. Why don't we talk a little bit about that? Well, one of the reasons I don't think I would want to go to space is because uh, there are a lot of negative consequences that happen to the human body. So I I don't think that I'm that brave. <laughs> so some things that happen to your, your body when you're in space, uh, for every month that you're in space, you lose roughly 2% of your overall BMI. You basically jumpstart your body into the process of osteoporosis. Uh, So that includes muscle atrophy and bone density loss. It is estimated that on a three-year trip to Mars, you would lose roughly 30 to 50% of your overall body mass index. So essentially, your bones would be so brittle that by the time you got to Mars, you could break your leg just stepping onto the surface of the planet. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty scary. But I think that we'll probably at some point have some advances that will... um, technologically compensate for that and protect us a little bit better. You bring up a really interesting point, which is that in so many ways, the actual, when talking about Mars, the actual launching of a person towards Mars is the easy part. Yeah, we that's could, We could probably part. do that today. We, we can do that today. In fact, uh, Blue Origin and SpaceX and even Boeing have uh, continually proved that that type of travel is easily possible. It's the, after we get them off the ground and point them in the right direction, keeping them alive until they get there. That's the hard part. Well, one of the creatures that they've been studying on the International Space Station is the water bear. And it's a really interesting microscopic creature. They uh, have observed through, I believe it's an electron microscope, that this creature can withstand temperatures of 350 degrees uh, Fahrenheit and absolute zero, essentially, and it won't die. Absolute zero. The, the temperature when pretty much all atomic movement ceases. And that's what happens to this creature. It goes into a stasis, and all they have to do to reanimate it is add a drop of water, and there you go. So I think it would be really cool if they were able to mimic some of its biometric abilities into our, our space travel. You know, some other interesting things happen to your body. Your heart can actually change shape. 
because you're in a zero gravity environment, your heart doesn't have to work hard. So there are some initially some positive benefits such as your blood pressure can be lowered. You don't experience pain as much because there's not those pressures uh, from our gravity being applied to your body. But for every positive, there is a negative reaction. And when you return to Earth, it actually accelerates the aging process. So when Scott Kelly went into space, they observed that some of the receptors in his DNA changed. And some of those receptors are responsible for the aging process. Some listeners might have heard about uh, some twins that have been to space and not been to space. Can you speak about uh, some of the experiments that went on there? There was twin brothers, Mike Kelly and Scott Kelly, and Scott Kelly spent a full year in space with another astronaut. Mike is his identical twin, and they were able to basically analyze the twins, so one who has been in space a year and one who was on the ground for a year, and look at those changes. And some of the changes that were experienced were he grew about two inches from spinal decompression, and of course, as I mentioned earlier, the receptors in his DNA experienced changes. Um, So there were a lot of things that happened. Do you think it's worth it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that... uh, You know, astronauts remind me of the first great aviators. Even Lilienthal said upon his deathbed that sacrifices must be made. And I think uh, astronauts are similar to our original aviators in that respect. And that someday we'll reach an age where we can travel freely throughout the galaxy, just like we do in air travel today. And it will be because of their their sacrifices. So astronauts also experience uh, effects of cosmic radiation. They get these sort of light shows behind their eyes sometimes, um, and they're also doing studies on that impact to them. So they get 2001 A Space Odyssey, the last 20 minutes, just playing in their eyes all the time. Yeah, that's uh, (laughs) definitely been reported quite a bit. Um, astronauts also experience a four to five time greater likelihood of cardiovascular disease as a re- result of space travel. There's some real obstacles that need to be overcome before we can really seriously get to Mars. The, the launching is the easy part. The getting there safely and healthily so that we can create a colony is the tougher part. Right. And, uh, and not to be a, a Debbie Downer about space travel, I think that what everyone is doing is uh, necessary and really fantastic and that it's going to yield some really great results. But it's just like early aviation. There is going to be some negative downside to, to that. I think that's true of any new technology or any new uh, attempt at anything. What are some other things going on on the International Space Station? People, I think, honestly, in general, don't really get what that's all about. People just hanging out up there in space, or are they actually doing some stuff? Well, um, the space station has been fully manned continuously since the year 2000, and they do all kinds of experiments. There's a, a list of the experiments on NASA's website, and there is probably a hundred pages worth of different experiments being carried out. And what I thought was neat about that page is not only do they tell you about the experiment, but they tell you when things don't go perfectly. So that's, that's interesting to see. You can thank NASA for the mattress that will let you not spill your wine and the happy light. Those are all the results of great NASA technology at use. Um, the blue light therapy that is used for uh, to treat seasonal affective disorder was the result of them trying to regulate a uh, an astronaut's circadian rhythm. That's one important point that comes up a lot when we talk about space, which is that as they're creating 
you know, whatever research they're doing to help us get to Mars has very real applications here on Earth. Can you talk a little bit more about that? There are several things that have been uh, implemented into or commercialized into our society that have been the direct result, such as the happy satellite, um, but they all have real world applications here on Earth. So nothing that they're doing there is not going to uh, benefit us. Uh, right now they're testing uh, the effects of antibiotics in a microgravity environment. So even though someone might not go to space to be treated, they might be able to create an artificial microgravity chamber here on Earth and treat the cancer patients. There's a, a, they're testing this type of treatment on tumors in the International Space Station. It could have some uh, extreme medical benefits for people who are suffering here on Earth. Just treatment in an anti-gravity chamber could treat low back pain. Yeah. That's a very common experience. Well, Tommy, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me today on The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. Learn more about the International Space Station in the museum's expansive Charles Simoni Space Gallery on your next visit to the museum. If you're here on a Saturday, you might talk to Tommy. A perennial favorite for guests in that exhibit is the space toilet, like what is used on the ISS, which we have on display. If you like space in general, mark your calendars for summer 2019 when the Museum of Flight will host Destination Moon, a traveling exhibit from the Smithsonian Institution featuring the one and only Columbia capsule, used by the Apollo 11 astronauts on their return from walking on the moon. This is a big deal, and I am super excited about it. Learn more about our space exhibits in this episode's show notes at museumofflight.org podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with our episodes and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded us from. You can contact the show at podcast at museumofflight.org. Until next time, this is your host, Sean Mobley, saying we'll see you out there, folks. <laughs>